0: Hey guys, welcome back to the allergic to grace podcast. I'm Victoria and I'm Whitney and we're so glad we're able to record this for you today. No kidding. It has been the struggle time this day. I The mic wasn't working, we couldn't hear, like, oh, it was so bad. But we're so glad you joined in to listen. And we're glad to be here. Yes. So before we jump into chapters 25 and 26, let's recap. So last episode in chapters 22 through 24, we saw Isaac almost sacrificed, the death and burial of Sarah, and the acquisition of Isaac's wife, Rebecca. Rebecca. So when we left off in chapter 24, Rebecca and Isaac had made their marriage quote unquote official and Isaac was comforted after the death of his mother. So before we jump into chapter 25, um, I just want to talk about a little rabbit hole I found myself in. Love those. Always. Um, (laughs) And it has to do with ages. So. In the past, in the in the past couple of episodes, we've you know haven't really understood what age people were at certain points. Um, we were like, well, maybe she was you know super young or super old. How old was Isaac when he was almost sacrificed? You know, whatever. But there are certain points um, and things that we can take from scripture um, that kind of help us point us in the right direction of a roundabout age for when these people were going through these things that. The, certain times in their life. So Sarah died when Abraham was 138 years old. So they were 11 years apart as a couple. Abraham was 11 years older than Sarah. Okay. Um, Isaac was about 36 or 37 when Sarah died um, because she was 90 when she gave birth to him and she lived to 127. So we can that number yes thankfully um when i went down the rabbit hole to look at this stuff um people had already answered these questions so it's not like i'm doing all this math on my own that was giving myself way too much credit (laughs) um another big question was How old was Isaac when he took Rebecca? And we know from chapter 25, verse 20, he was 40. Yes. So there was like a three to four year period between Sarah dying and Isaac acquiring Rebecca. That's probably kind of crass. I keep saying acquiring. When he married Rebecca. (laughs) Um, (laughs) When he acquired a wife. (laughs) Right. Because that's what he did anyway. um, That he was kind of like mourning for his mom and he wasn't comforted until... Rebecca. So that's a three to four year period where yeah. you're just down in the dumps. Yeah. Um, and another big one was the age of when Isaac was sacrificed, how old he was when he was sacrificed. Last episode, we said that he was probably eight or nine or maybe 10 to 12, like a young boy. Um, but a lot of people speculate that he was actually a young man. So they're looking at like 18 to 20, over 20, 25, 33. Um, But they say this because he was able to carry the wood for the burnt offering up the mountain. So he had to be of certain stature. He had to have a certain amount of energy and muscles to be able to do that. And I don't think a young boy would have been able to do that as well as take his senile father up with him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, I wasn't even taking into consideration or thinking about the age of Abraham. I mean, he was an old man. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then it further points to the fact that he could have, he was strong enough. He could have resisted being sacrificed and tied up to the offering table um, to fend off Abraham if he wanted to. So that kind of puts it into perspective of what that environment actually looked like we talked about last episode was it manic or was it calm and i feel like it was more calm more so than anything because isaac was able to fend off abraham if he wanted to but he trusted his father and he was like okay well this is the way i go yeah the way i go (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely so that was my little rabbit hole. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Hopefully that puts it into perspective a lot. It was bothering me. So I appreciated it. <laughs> <laughs> so chapter 25, we see that Abraham has remarried Ket- Keturah. Ketura? Keturah? I don't know. How would you? Keturah, I know. It's Ket. Like Ket, um, who gave him six sons. So this was a concubine that he married after the death of his wife. Um, And we talked about a couple episodes ago when we were discussing Sarah and Hagar, how Sarah had that head wife status and how she still, even though she's dead, has that head wife status. That's why in the Bible, yes, Abraham took another wife, but she's also referred to as a concubine, kind of like Hagar was. Yeah. Whenever I was doing some research on this
1: chapter and just reading some things, I had just saw a little bit about, not, I guess not specific to Keturah or Ketiket, mm-hmm. Um but that this relationship you know they say that he took another wife and they Mm -hmm. use that term but really he probably already had like an existing i don't know if this is a word but i'm gonna say it anyway an existing concubinal (laughs) relationship with you know with this woman Mm -hmm. and as you had said you know sarah still technically Was his only wife, and Mm -hmm. you know, everyone after her was a concubine. Um, so she, you know, probably just fell into that role that Hagar had, yeah, at some point, yeah. And then after Sarah, Abraham had additional children, yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: I mean, we don't really know after Hagar was, you know, sent away, um. we don't really hear about her role being filled which we know that it likely had to have been because who was sarah's right hand until she died exactly um and i think that's kind of this what this person's role was but aside from that she could have also been a maiden in the the land of canaan um she didn't have a father she probably didn't have any brothers she didn't have any protection um so she was kind of adopted into abraham's family to take on that role and to fulfill his needs if you get my drift um so that was her so she had six sons um and all of them were sent away from isaac to the east
1: yeah Which makes sense because Isaac was the promised child. He was the child that God specifically said, this is who my promise to you is going to be fulfilled through.
0: Yeah. And honestly, if he didn't do that to his other children, how do you think Ishmael would have felt? Seriously. Angry. Hurt. Hurt. you know, because he sent Ishmael away because Isaac was the promised child. And then if he had six other sons who got to grow up and be around him all the time, mm -hmm. that would have been kind of wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so moving from that, we see that Abraham lived to 175 years. um, And he was he died basically and Isaac and Ishmael went and buried him in the same cave that Sarah was buried in um I have a note I completely forgot although Abraham sent away his sons his other sons his six other sons he did give them gifts while sending them away yeah and I'm sure like you hear the word gift and you may think of like
1: I don't know, maybe something small. But again, keep in mind... $25 gift card to Starbucks. I mean, seriously. (laughs) But Abraham was loaded. So he probably gave them... I mean, I don't know at what age he sent them away, but he probably gave them enough to at least get them set up for a little while. Especially because we know that the fact that they're acknowledging that he had this second woman and had six children with Mm -hmm. her, he publicly acknowledged them... And showed that they were his children. So he would have wanted to take care of them. So while he may have left the majority to Isaac, I'm sure he gave enough to his other sons to take care of them or until they were able to get established themselves.
0: I bet you that's what he did. I bet you he gave them everything they needed to settle and get rooted somewhere. Yeah. Like enough animals, like a male and female of a certain amount of animals to like build up their little area yeah. I mean that's
1: I, of course have no basis for that no. No. assumption no. that's just what I think of especially us knowing the type of man that Abraham was yeah you know yeah especially since it was so hard for him to initially send away Ishmael I can't imagine him sending six additional children I keep saying children but uh, again we don't know how old they were but yeah. I mean you figure there 30th, were six of it, them it was so
0: 36 like 30- 37 35 to 37 years before that he got spend with this Katra girl um after sarah died so they were pro- they were probably old enough yeah you know yeah.
1: um so i'm sure he again like you said gave him enough gave them enough to get set up somewhere else and to make the journey i mean i can't imagine him sending them away with nothing yeah you know with the 25 dollar gift card to starbucks <laughs> you know like yeah. he probably gave them like fl- you know a hunk of the flocks or and he pr- they probably also had servants mm-hmm. so yeah. he probably
0: g- gave them to them and you know that yeah. whole thing um so it says Isaac and Ishmael, his sons, buried him in the cave of Machpelah in the field of Ephron, the son of Zahor, the Hittite, east of Myanmar, the field that Abraham purchased from the Hittites. So back to the six sons thing again, we don't see specifically that they participated in the burial of Abraham. We just see Ishmael and Isaac, his first two sons. Um, so my question was, like, why didn't they Partake in his burial? Were they even there? What was their relationship with Abraham?
1: Yeah, I don't know, um because too, and I also don't know. Like, was it just a thing that that the oldest children or mm-hmm. the oldest child took care of the burial? And you know how like currently it's uh, typical for there to be a, a service where the whole family is present. Maybe that wasn't necessarily a thing because maybe it was just Abraham who buried sarah or abraham and isaac you know what i mean i don't know because i mean if it was like 30 some odd years that he had these other you know boys around you Mm -hmm. would think that there would have been some type of relationship but i don't know maybe they were angry because he was around and then he sent them away Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know but we do know you know based upon this based on some things we'll get to down the road that ishmael while he was sent away he was still considered kin yeah you know Mm -hmm. so and i know we briefly talked about like what what was abraham and isaac's relationship with ishmael like after he was sent away but he would have had to have found out that Abraham died somehow. Yeah, you know because yeah. I, you know, I mean, then they would have had to have known where he was in order to send people to let him know, hey, Abraham died. It's time to come back. You know. Yeah. So I don't know. That's a I would curious too, but again, they weren't the promised children so or promised child. So, I mean, I'm not saying this to be a jerk or disrespectful, but yeah, that. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you know. No, it doesn't. No, <laughs> like, and I'm just saying that for myself because I can feel myself starting to get hung up on the fact that that these six and maybe they were there in some capacity. I don't know.
0: No. Do, 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 do. Right. Like it's just a spiral that doesn't really matter. It was just a question. Yeah. Was like, you know
1: why exactly? Because nowadays you think, well, what you go to like a, a service, a service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Words are, are hard. hard. <laughs> um nowadays and if there's multiple children but only one or two are present and the other ones don't come then you think well something must have happened that yeah. they weren't there yeah you know like ooh, why isn't what's so and so there what's the exactly yeah. where's the tea mm-hmm.
0: like yep so you know anyway, I don't know. Anyhow, a rabbit hole exactly clearly yeah. <laughs> so after abraham dies chapter 25 moves into the general- Moves into the <laughs> genealogy of Ishmael, um, and it goes through all the names of his sons, and um, basically, it's just in here to demonstrate that God was faithful in keeping his promise to Abraham that he would make Ishmael into a great nation, and yeah. he kept his promise to Hagar and Abraham that he would do that. Um, yeah, and I think, too, a large part of
1: the reason they lift out, lift out. Uh-huh. List out Ishmael's children or his descendants is because, specifically in chapter 17, verse 20, God says, As for Ishmael, I have heard you, behold, I have blessed him am awake and will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He shall father 12 princes and I will make him into a great nation. I didn't and even if, know it said that. Yeah. And so then if we go back to. 25 at the end there they specifically say do you believe that he has 12 12 sons there's there's 13 but yes <laughs> maybe one wasn't great
0: <laughs> oh these are I mean, the sons of
1: ishmael by their 12 princes according to their tribes yeah. in verse 16
0: why did they list out 13 Neobiath,
1: people then Kedar, adbeel Mebasam, Mishama um, Bimua, Massa, Hadad, Tema, Jitur, that's 10, nefish 11, and Kedema, 12.
0: One, two, well, there
1: is 12. You're testing me and I passed.
0: <laughs> yes, my text split up one name and uh, <laughs> I counted it twice. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, my bad, guys. Anyway. Twelve tribes or twelve princes according to their tribes. And exactly. it says it specifically. Twelve in the verse you reference and twelve here, which yet again just shows God's hand exactly. in everything. Yes. So moving on from the genealogy of Ishmael and the death of Abraham, we see the birth of Esau and Jacob. Yes, which are Isaac's sons. Yes. Um Isaac was forty years old when he took Rebecca, um, and she was barren, right, for yeah. a little bit. Um, and it wasn't until Isaac prayed to the Lord and asked for his wife to be able to conceive children that she conceived. Um, which, hint, hint, it is a theme here. Yeah, or yeah. Sarah. It, it makes me wonder. I'm kind of curious
1: too, is if. The Lord waited until Isaac prayed to open her womb. Again, a theme was he just clearly taking it upon himself to try to conceive a child. At what point did he finally say, okay, God help me, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, I don't think he, you know, took matters into his own hands, kind of like Abraham and Sarah did, or most specifically Sarah with Hagar. Yeah. Um, He resorted first to asking God which i think shows his maturity and his faith aside from abraham because abraham didn't do that for now his maturity and his faith for, for now, now. and <laughs> yeah. this specific situation yeah abraham but, and sarah were both faith with faced with barrenness
1: yeah. for their children yeah that makes sense that his first thought was to pray
0: yeah. that makes sense yep so and it says ch- verse 22 the children struggled to gather within her words are hard okay the older shall serve the younger yes okay talking about rebecca being barren and having trouble conceiving maybe it was because she was his second cousin number one yep um number two maybe it was god's hand being like hey i'm not gonna open her womb until you ask me so it's another child of promise coming through only by God's hand. Exactly. Which I think it's number two because Uh, Sarah was also his half sister. So yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and then the children struggled within her. The question she asked, if this is happening, if it is thus, why is this happening to me? Could also mean, why do I live? Because you have to think about it in her time. The way I think about the children struggling together within her, there was a lot of movement. There was probably a lot of pain because they were constantly butting heads, kicking each other. And she was pregnant with twins. There was no ultrasounds. There was no tests. Like she was probably thinking something was wrong with her or her or wasn't even considering the fact that there were two Mm -hmm. you know because
1: who automatically just thinks oh i have two babies without actually like you said now that we have the technology to know that there are two babies Mm -hmm. i mean i just remember how uncomfortable i was at some points pregnant with one child but like pain like back pain cramping constantly having to pee like Mm -hmm. you know to have that too she's probably you're right i mean she had to have been absolutely miserable because she's like why is this
0: happening she's probably scared because she was like if this is such a struggle within me like why am i still here like why am i still alive basically she was probably scared and that's why she went to the lord to ask about it um so I think that verse also points forward to the struggle that we're gonna constantly see between Jacob and Esau. Um, because even before the birth of them, they were fighting each yeah, other. Exactly. And I think too, and maybe you're gonna touch on this,
1: but um going way back to the beginning, Cain and Abel,
0: yep, like the fall. Yep. What did he say? Siblings saying? are gonna be there will be animity between your offspring and his offspring. Yeah.
1: That this is a recurring theme. And in Mm -hmm. fact, one of the, again, one of the things I was reading, I can't remember if it was the study portion of my Bible or um, something else I had found online said that that fratricide or like, you know, and even like brothers being, you know, at heads with each other is also a very common theme that we see in Genesis. Mm -hmm. And again, go back to the fall. What did God say? Yep. you
0: know? Yeah. So what God responded with to her was prophecy. He was telling her that she was pregnant. He was telling her that they were going to be divided one day and they were going to constantly struggle with each other, with each other. And he was telling her about the future of her children, hmm. that the older shall serve the younger. Yep. Um. So going into the birth of these two boys, both Rebecca and Isaac knew this about them. Yeah. Um, So upon birth, the first came out red, all his body like a hairy cloak. So they called his name Esau, which Esau means hairy. (laughs) (laughs) Classic. Right? Afterward, his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob, which... In Hebrew means he takes by the heel or he cheats. Yes, pointing forward also to the future. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> of his actions. Yep. Um. So I had a little rabbit hole moment about Esau and why he was red and hairy. Um. And it was a congenital defect, I think, called congenital hypertrichosis.
1: Okay. Which, Tell just me means, more.
0: which just means it's like werewolf syndrome. They have hair that just grows out of their body all over. Like they can't stop it. There's really nothing to treat it. It's a genetic abnormality, mm-hmm. which could also point to the fact that she was his second cousin. So while marrying into her family or marrying your kin wasn't necessarily wrong at this point, it was still somewhat necessary I think we're starting to see those genetic abnormalities pop up and like these side effects of interfamilial blending. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. I think because I'll be honest, when I first read that, I'm like, oh, he's a ginge. No,
0: no, his whole body was covered so, with hair. Like, yeah, think about birthing a, a puppy. <laughs> that's a baby Aww, <laughs> puppies are cute or a mini werewolf yeah you oh, know yeah. like hairy children i looked up pictures and it terrifies me because i'm like what if my kid has that like oh, oh, gosh, you're
1: not no. marrying a dna match. so <laughs>
0: no no but anyway but too like like you
1: said i mean at this point in time like still marrying that close was still necessary and Mm -hmm. because the dna was still so pure yeah which we find out later in the bible is when god says enough stop
0: doing that yeah um but that's most likely what he had there's no yeah that makes a lot of of sense but and it's very interesting yeah like people today it's super rare super rare but people today are still born with this yeah. like type of condition it's not like contagious or anything you get it from genetics yeah interesting but isaac was 60 years old when his sons were born yeah. so about 20 years since he married rebecca so for about 20 years her they, womb was they close tried that, children yeah Yep. and then they realized that their efforts were futile, and that's when futile, not frugal. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say anything. Thank you. Um, so Esau was Isaac's favorite, while Jacob was a mama's boy.
1: Yeah, I mean that's exactly what I what I had. I had that Esau was like you know a man's man. He's an outdoorsy guy, he says yep. a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man dwelling in the tents. Mm-hmm. So I mean. We know that they were already like at each other while in the womb. Can you imagine these two polar opposites? Like Esau probably picked on Jacob to no avail. I mean, maybe because,
0: because, you know, he was all burly and he. Exactly. Like Isaac was a mama's boy. Oh yeah,
1: you're in the tent doing a woman's job, you know. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a question because we are talking about how they each had a favorite. Do you think that rebecca favored jacob because she knew at some point that he i mean she has known, had found out when she was pregnant that he was the chosen one Mm -hmm. so do you think that that's why she kind of like kept him close and then because she kept him close you know isaac favored esau maybe he felt bad for esau because he also knew that jacob was the chosen one
0: yeah i don't know i think they, i mean i was just curious that, yeah. i mean it doesn't matter no. but i was just like, thinking they obviously both knew what was supposed to happen with these boys but at the same time i mean it was super clear but it also wasn't super clear
1: i mean god said the the older will serve the younger
0: yeah but in what aspect i guess like the older could just be going out and killing something and bringing it home to the younger the older is going to serve the younger. Yeah, You know, like they didn't have any context of what the scale of this prophecy was. Um, I honestly think that Rebecca favored Jacob because he stayed inside because he obviously saw that his older brother Esau was more liked by his dad because his dad probably went out with him, taught him how to hunt and all of that other stuff. Mm -hmm. And Jacob stayed home so his mom probably wouldn't be alone and he kind of, mentored after her to do all things yeah inside the tent and i think i feel like he wasn't a hunter but he was like a um a gatherer if you will <laughs> like i feel like he tended the field and like all of that kind of stuff but not necessarily as burly and like gone on yeah. week-long hunting trips yeah because game. i mean he had
1: to have done what a man does to a certain extent yeah. you know yeah so
0: but i don't know Rebecca and Jacob's relationship is weird. He's a thousand percent mama's boy.
1: Oh, yeah. But having a son, like, your son's a mama's boy. I'm sorry. Mm. I know he is, and his mama loves him. (laughs) But she does not want him to live in the basement for his whole life.
0: Good. Neither did Rebecca. (laughs) So So we kind of. There's nothing wrong with being a mama's boy, okay? No, of course not, except for when he goes to find a wife.
1: Um, So we move on. Meet my standards.
0: Oh, my gosh. Anyway, okay. so Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebecca loved Jacob. I feel like they both loved each other in terms of children, but they had a favorite. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. they don't love one more than the other, but they had a favorite they of have. who they wanted to spend time with. Yeah. 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 So or who they preferred to spend time with. Yeah, we move into the last half of chapter 25. And um, it starts off by telling us that Jacob was cooking a stew and Esau came in from the field and was exhausted. And Esau was like, hey, brother, give me some stew. I'm starving. And Jacob put, well, maybe I should say this first he said hey give me some of that stew um because i'm exhausted and then my bible in the parentheses after this verse says therefore his name was called edom mm-hmm. which means red because i think it was like a red lentil red yeah stew. i mean mine says let me eat some of of that red stew, red stew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so later in the other verses his name changes it could be esau and it could also be edom it would be the same person that they're yeah. referring to well and edom means be- red yeah and it yeah. Be- edom also becomes a nation, a nation. from esau yeah. so
1: mm-hmm.
0: side note so taking his brother's condition into i don't know what would it be um he took advantage Took of advantage it. thank you yeah he took advantage of his brother's condition it was like i'll give you some stew if you sell me your birthright at the time the birthright the firstborn had the familial inheritance of everything literally basically mm-hmm. um and i guess isaac and esau didn't really they probably didn't know about the prophecy what do you think
1: no i think go ahead because i have a whole thing on like the birthright and oh i don't so go well, ahead okay <laughs> so i know I wanted to talk about a little bit what a birthright is. So yes, the birthright is something that the firstborn son, I should specify the firstborn son gets, which we're not getting into that. Anyway, firstborn son gets a birthright, which is essentially everything yes that the father of the family that the family has but also gets the head of household status yeah i.e the decision maker um you know the manager basically of everything Mm -hmm. and owns everything the father's estate so later when we find out and we'll talk about this in the next episode but i just want to touch on it a little bit here too um isaac blessing his sons Mm -hmm. and there's a difference so the birthright is something that you inherit something that is yours by birth yep and the blessing then is something additional that the father can give you so the second child the second son can be blessed by the father he can receive a gift. But he doesn't get to have everything like he can say, I bless you. I'm going to reserve this for you. But then everything else goes to that firstborn. So, you know, that's kind of the difference there. I don't know if that makes sense or not. But anyway, um, I don't know if you have anything else. If not, we can go back. So then Esau does it. Mm -hmm. Esau sells his birthright to Jacob for some of this stew. So he swore to him that you can have it, it's yours, and he did it. And then the last verse of that little section there, verse 34, it says, Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Now, I just want to talk about this. Jacob, that was a bad thing. Yeah. Like he absolutely crappy. Should not have done that in any way, shape, or form. Again, the Bible doesn't hold anything back from us because, as you know, we find out later that Mm -hmm. and we know now standing on this side of the cross that Jacob was the chosen child, not Esau. So, with that, I kind of wanted to say, why did God choose, you know, Jacob over Esau? Well, who was first? Who was born first? Esau. Okay. So knowing that, and I'm sure that the importance of the birthright was made known to the boys, which is why Jacob wanted it. Yeah. And not only was the birthright like all this physical stuff, but it was considered divine from God. And the fact that Esau sold that, sold his God-given gift, basically, for some stew, just speaks to, in the future, also his character and gives us an idea of what his heart looks like. Not to say that Jacob, you know, what he did was right, because it absolutely wasn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it, it shows us that characters
0: character traits you know my bible says something interesting it says in genesis however firstborn sons are often passed over in favor of younger siblings sometimes the narrator highlights a character flaw as the reason for rejecting the oldest son for example seth replaces cain because cain's a murderer Mm -hmm. same with ishmael and isaac isaac is technically the second born son of abraham Ishmael had some problems, I guess. And Isaac was the chosen child. So he was passed over and for Isaac. Yes. Same for.
1: And and the whole thing with like Ishmael and Isaac was, is that Isaac was god's chosen child ishmael was never to be god's chosen child Mm -hmm. well he was never to be did god take care of him and did god bless him yeah we saw that he did he gave him 12 princes and was a father of a great nation yep you know he took very good care of ishmael um and he did that as a favor and to show mercy to abraham because abraham and sarah made a poor decision and so Ishmael was never to be Mm -hmm. the father of all the nations. And so that's why the birthright was considered to be something so special and showed that it was from God is because God specifically gave this to Isaac. Mm -hmm. And so Esau being the firstborn was to inherit this super special gift, you know, and he and he sold it for some soup, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, and wow, yeah, he was exhausted and not downplaying that because yes, what Jacob did was wrong. And I think he's going to pay for all this later. (laughs) Um, but for Esau to do that for some soup was considered to be quite extreme.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure at the time he didn't see it like that. I'm wondering, too, if he knew Abraham's promise, if he knew what he was inheriting from Abraham and from God, Abraham's promises.
1: I think that they both did. And that's why Jacob wanted it. Maybe. So and I think, too, you know, and I'll talk about this again in the next episode, but we all have free will. Mm hmm. But God already knows the choices we're going to make. He doesn't make those choices for us. He gives us the power and the ability to make the right choice, mm-hmm. but ultimately it is us making decision, decision, decision. Yeah, no. So the way I think of it is like, you know, I can say to my son, do you want to do some extra schoolwork or would you like to go play outside? I mean, he's going to choose. He, I could care less which, which choice he picks because the choice is his. But as his mother, I already know what he's going to pick, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's just kind of the way that I look at it. So yeah, I think we see two extremes here. Mm-hmm. The fact that jacob said no you can starve to death or you can give me your birthright." and esau then selling essentially or trading that god-given gift for some stew
0: yeah i don't know it's one of those things like you don't really know what they knew at the time you don't really know you know the whole story you know that jacob said hey sell me your birthright you don't really know how famished esau was Um, Or how desperate he was to have some food. You don't really know how how much they knew about God's promises. We don't really know how old they were here either. They could have been like teenagers or boys, you know? Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I think we agree to disagree. Sure. I'm just playing, you know, benefit of the doubt. We don't really know how much. And to, I don't know, what Jacob did was crappy. Oh, absolutely it was. Just like... uh abraham made some terrible decisions yeah you know and then esau selling his birthright and then going on to despise his birthright well they're saying he despised his birthright at least in the study notes for
1: my bible say he despised his birthright they're saying because both boys
0: understood the importance of it
1: mm-hmm. and so he easily just gave it away so right? he didn't
0: I don't really know what this means. It says, "By despising his birthright, Esau holds God's promises in contempt."
1: Exactly, the promise to Abraham Hebrews. for the firstborn to inherit everything and to be the multitude of nations—that was supposed to be Esau, but he sold it. Well, what if he had never sold his birthright? I mean, I think it goes back to the whole. What do you think? We have. We all have free will, and God gives us the power, yeah, you know, and the ability to make a a different choice. And if I, and I think, you know, God's all knowing, He knew that they were going to be born, He knew that Jacob was going to say, Sell me your birthright, and He knew that Esau was going to do it. God didn't make them do it that way because God gives us free will, but He already knew, being God, that that's how it was going to play out. So He knew that the older was going to serve the younger. The study
0: section referenced hebrews twelve sixteen and 17 mm-hmm.
1: it Which says, says what
0: that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like esau who sold his birthright for a single meal for you know that afterward when he desired to inherit the blessing he was rejected for he found no chance to repent though he sought it with he sought it with tears, and the city sec- section said sold his birthright. As first-born bon- son, Esau had a special "quote unquote" birthright. Later, under the Mosaic law, the right was to a do- doable share of property. In actuality, Esau despised his place in the line of covenant promises, not the property alone. Exactly.
1: So, a birthright is more than just physical stuff. Mm-hmm. The birthright was to be that father again to help father and continue on that familial line, that genial chosen line. Yeah. And God did that through, you know, Isaac. And then because it was Isaac, it was going to be Isaac's firstborn, which was to be Esau. Mm-hmm. And he just gave it away. Yeah. Basically. Which again is not excusing what Jacob did. <laughs> and I think too, another another thing that I had looked at just goes to show how God can use you know, different situations to achieve what he says is going to happen. Because it could have played out, you know, like you said, what if Esau said, no, I'm not selling you my birthright? Well, then he would have done something later down the line to cause the older to serve the younger.
0: Yeah, we'll get more into that in the next episode. (laughs) But for now, we're moving on to chapter 26. So chapter twenty six opens with um the Bible telling us that there was a famine in the land besides the former famine that was in the days of Abraham. So I think the fact that it points that out just tells you it's a separate timeline. It's not the same existing famine yeah. that has been going on for yes, hundreds of years Duh um this and so Isaac <laughs> Isaac went to Greer to King Abe of the Philistines. Now, a couple episodes ago, we talked about King Abe, um, about how his name means my father is king or father of a king. And he lived in Greer and Abraham and him made a non-aggression pact and all of this stuff with King Abe, right? So King Abe is the same King Abe. The name is exactly the same as its reference when we talk about King Abe and Abraham, right? But In this instance, he was probably the son or the grandson of the king Abe that Abraham dealt with. Um, But same like royal line, quote unquote, I guess. Yeah. Another thing that I thought was interesting about
1: this is, I don't know if we knew this before. Maybe we didn't. I just forgot. Is that this is the king of the Philistines. Yeah. Like, and we read much later about how horrible they are. Yeah. To the Israelites. So I just thought that was really interesting. hmm
0: Which is also another reason why Abraham didn't want a wife for Isaac out of the land of Canaan. Yeah. And from the Philistines, which he was dwelling in. So the Lord appears to Isaac and says, don't go to Egypt like your father did. Because when a famine hit the land, Abraham fled and went to Egypt where he had all this drama Ugh. in Egypt. Um, but God told him t- to go and dwell in the land that he will show him sojourn in the land and I will be with you and I will bless you for you and your offspring. I will give all these lands and I will establish the oath that I swore to Abraham, your father, which it has a lot of the same verbiage that he said to Abraham yeah. in the exact same situation. Yep. Um, he'll multiply his offsprings as the stars in heaven and give your offspring all of the lands. Um, because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So Isaac is obedient and doesn't go to Egypt. He stays in the land and um, we kind of see a, uh, a, a pattern. Parallel, a pattern. Yeah. Like father, like son. Right. It's a learned behavior. So what happens in chapter 26 with specifically like the famine, the deception, the material prosperity blah, blah 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 is exactly the steps and things that abraham went through in chapters yes. 12 13 20 yep. and 21 yep. um and it's just really concise in isaac's experience so we see a famine which we had a famine with abraham in egypt that's why he went to egypt um when isaac settles in greer we see him telling the people that his wife rebecca is his sister she
1: is my sister For he feared to say, my wife, thinking lest the men of this place should kill me because of Rebecca, because she was attractive in appearance.
0: Yes. So the next verse, chapter eight, or verse eight says, when he had been there a long time, King Abe of the Philistines looked out of a window and saw Isaac laughing with Rebecca, his wife. And the Hebrew here says, may suggest an intimate relationship. Yeah. So maybe that it Maybe they weren't laughing.
1: Maybe they were laughing, but like you know, maybe how... they were engaging in a little PDA. Yeah,
0: the time
1: exactly. That's what some of the sources that I read was that it was not just like <laughs> I was like
0: <laughs> rub s- the arm. Oh, stop it! Touch. Yes. Yeah. That so, it was clear. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the fact that Rebecca was still with him instead of taken by King Abe is also something that's a little different from when Abraham went through this. Yeah. The two times he did it. Yeah. Um, both times they took Sarah and brought them into their house. Um, but instead, I guess they left Rebecca with Isaac. Yeah.
1: I, mean, I do must have. I don't know. Because.
0: How know. that. Yeah. So King Abe sees them laughing, PDAing, whatever. And he called to Isaac and said, this is your wife. Like, how could you tell us that? She was your sister. You could have brought such peril on us and everything that we have. Um, So King Abe warned all the people saying, whoever touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. And then Isaac, instead of, you know, getting a dowry from the king or getting a dowry from whoever to right the wrong that had happened, because there was no actual taking of Rebecca, he started to farm the land And this is where we see God's hand in Isaac's experience. Whereas when we were seeing this with Abraham, it looked like it came from man a lot because the Pharaoh gave him all of his wealth in Egypt, and then King Abe gave him a bunch of crap in Greer. But here we see that nothing was given to Isaac, everything that he had was grown by him and it was given to him in abundance. Yeah. So a hundredfold, a hundredfold. So it's, you know, we can see God's hand. We can see God blessing Isaac for obeying his commandments, I guess, yes. or his commands. Yes. So he became very rich because of God's blessings. Yeah. Um. And King Abe said to Isaac with his like head of security, I don't know. And was like, go away from us for you are much mightier than we are. So he was afraid that, Isaac had gotten too big. His area or the land that he was in has, you know, overgrown so much, or he's gotten enough people to overthrow King Abe. He was like, We don't want you anywhere near us. We don't want to fight you, but you could definitely take us if, if you wanted to. So just scooch over a little bit. You're getting a little too close. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Because again, you know, at this point in time, all it took was just a large group to overtake the city and the kingdom. So that's what they were afraid of, I think. Yeah. Um, I just think it's interesting to see, you know, and I don't know if you have something more, and then we can go back, how God says, Uh before we were talking several episodes ago, how did Abraham know when God said, you will go to the land that I will show you? Mm -hmm. How did he know what land? Yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think it's interesting to see here, God says to Isaac, I will go, I will give you the land that I will show you or go to the land that I will show you, you know? And so he listens, doesn't go to Egypt. He stays where he's at. And then the Philistines say, nope, you got to go. Mm-hmm. You're too much. So then Isaac leaves and he settles and he's kind of able to set up his life Mm -hmm. and everything there i just thought it was interesting to see how god got him to the land where he was supposed to be
0: yeah so the next portion that we see after he's sent away by king abe um is basically the same place where abraham was where he was sojourning he he dug all those wells and remember he had that non-aggression pact with king abe um and about how there was that one little tiff over that one well of water mm-hmm. um, and how they made a covenant and they basically said that it was abraham's right yeah so we see that all of those wells that were dug by abraham had been filled in by the philistines yes yeah, exactly and they had stopped him you know after after the death of abraham so this non-aggression pact or this you know treaty or whatever that was supposed to extend into the ages with their offspring is immediately broken
1: yeah (laughs) and i think too this also shows that this king abe is not necessarily this may not be the same king abe but a son or grandson of the the prior
0: he definitely is
1: um so you know i just thought it was interesting to see like the philistines filled in the wells they told isaac to get away and so then he got away just to see how god got him to the land that was going to be where he was supposed to be
0: how he got Mm -hmm. him
1: to the promised land you know
0: yeah so there's also immediately um some quarreling between the herdsmen of greer and isaac's herdsmen over water um So they kept digging more wells to define like, I guess, where their area was. I don't really know what the significance of wells were.
1: (laughs) So the significance of wells, if I'm remembering correctly from the research and things that I did was, is because this is considered, you know, keep in mind they're in the, like, may not be like the desert desert, Mm -hmm. but they're in the desert. So water... Is considered to be super valuable. And so if you dug a well, then you were able to water, you know, your herds, you were able to build your community there. Um, And if you were like Isaac and Abraham were sojourners in the land and you weren't part of that city, and because Abraham and Isaac were super wealthy men, Mm -hmm. this mass amount of numbers. Would be quite concerning. And so if they filled in these wells or they fought over these wells, you know, whoever controlled them basically controlled that section of the land. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That makes sense. So Abraham, Abraham, oh my goodness, Isaac and his men kept digging wells and They kept getting, you know, basically slapped down by the people of Greer saying, no, this is our water. And he would dig another well well, and the people of Greer would come out and be like, no, this is our water. Like, I feel like he's doing all the work for these people and they're just coming in and be like, no, this is ours. Yeah, I have time. Yeah, I have time. (laughs) Right. So he finally dug a well and they didn't come and quarrel over it. So he called the name of the well. How would you say that?
1: He called the name of the world well, Rehoboth? Rehoboth?
0: Yep. yep. Saying, for now the Lord has yes. made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land.
1: Yes. This is the point where I wanted to show that this is, again, how God got them to where he wanted them to be, the land that he was going to show
0: them. Yep. He kept pushing them and pushing them, yes. pushing them. And then he was like, all right, you're good here. Yep. This is good. <laughs> this is good. Don't go anywhere. Um. So he went up to Beersheba. And the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father. Fear not, for I am with you and will bless you and multiply your offspring for my servant Abraham's sake. So he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. And Isaac's servants dug a well. So we're seeing well digging,
1: the claim of the land, and also a, an, an altar being an altar. built to give mm-hmm. thanks. Yes. You know?
0: Yep. So... Um, it kind of I don't know, fast forwards or it gets it pans over yeah. into another section where King Abe went to him from Greer with his advisor and the commander of his army, and Isaac basically was like, Why are you here? You sent me away in peace, but you hate me, so why right? are you here? Like, why do you come up on palm me like this? <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, and basically, they're just like we see plainly that the Lord has been with you. So we said, let there be a sworn pact between us, between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you. If I were Isaac, I'd be like, look, bro, we did that like a couple generations ago, and you basically you it in threw the it out up. the window. Like the reason we're here is this is your fault. Mm-hmm. Like you, you did this, right? So. Continuing on with that verse, it says that you will do us no harm, just as we have not touched you and you've done nothing but good and have sent you away in peace. Now you are the blessed of the Lord. So he made them a feast and they drank in the morning. They rose early and exchanged oaths and Isaac sent them on their way and they departed from him in peace.
1: Yeah. So I think this too also speaks to the kind of man that Isaac was because he could have been like, nah. No, like, screw
0: you, dude. Right? Like, why are
1: you even here? You need to leave. Because they were obviously afraid of him. That's why they sent him away in the first place. So mm-hmm. Isaac, especially it only being three of them, could have squashed them.
0: Yeah. Basically. Well, I mean, he could have also been salty about it. Right? Be like, like no, bro. Mm, I don't want to do any business with you. Right? Get out of like, my face. We're done. You're done. You're done. No, but he, you're took, done. he took the humble route. He was like, okay, I understand you're whatever. I don't want to do you any harm. It'd be good for me if you didn't come and attack my people. So sure. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yep. So he found, he dug another well. This chapter is filled with wells.
1: It is filled.
0: <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um, he They dug another well. They found more water and they called it Sheba. Sheba, Sheba, I don't know. Therefore, the name of the city is Bersheba to this day. So we pan yet again. Hold on. What? Here, I have a,
1: a question. Sure. This is totally random, but like, <laughs> how do we know what the name of the well was? Like, if somebody else came upon it, like we making signs or like, how do we know to name the city after this well? How do we know what that well's name was? Hey, everyone, this well, um, yeah, it's called Shiba. <laughs> Spread the I word. Mean, I mean... Okay,
0: think about this in terms of Again, this of is just a thing
1: like that I'm getting hung up on, but like we keep seeing this over and over and over again, okay? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, the way my brain works and the way I think about it is in terms of people. So Abraham had a lot of servants, right? He yeah. had a lot of people in his little pact, I guess, or pack, And he constantly moved around, so you would assume that people would want to know his story whenever they came across him, or whenever they came across his people. Herdsmen talk; they talk about their masters. They talk about that's what I'm saying. Is it just by word of mouth? I think so. A lot of the Bible was word of mouth before it was written, so that's how they told stories. That's how they kept records. Was by stories and memorization. So I feel like abraham's story was likely spread to all the places where he visited by his people oh yeah okay and yeah. so when and he when called moses, this well
1: blah, blah, blah. yeah so okay. like when
0: moses sat down to write this he probably had a lot of those tidbits from from yeah, other that people. makes sense okay thank you yeah sure moving on from the well that could be complete crap but you know that's works for I think me about it works for me <laughs> so we move and we pan again um to esau so when abraham is doing all this Esau isaac isaac
1: when Isaac is doing all this.
0: When Isaac, what did I say?
1: Abraham. Oh but goodness. we were just talking about Abraham. When Abraham's son, Isaac, is, yes. what, is what we meant. When
0: Isaac was doing all this by mean of like moving around during a famine instead of going to Egypt, being moved around, digging all these wells, his sons are with him. Yeah. Um, so Esau was 40 years old and he took two wives from the Hittites, which are the Canaanite people and let's remember that abraham sent
1: his servant on basically a month-long journey one way to get a wife for his son from his people because he did not want him marrying a canaanite because the canaanites again are wicked they are pagans they are idol worshipers
0: well and also god told abraham that they would be destroyed So like he doesn't want to enter any of that with his family because God was like, they're going to be destroyed one day. Exactly. They're going to have war and they're going to have trife and all of this stuff and they're not going to exist at some point. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like a clear direction from God be like, don't intermingle with these folks. Exactly. Um, That and the land which they're sojourning in is the land of the Canaanites. So like they know that it's going to be theirs one day. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know exactly so and he and so, marries oh, go ahead
1: i just want to say so i think it's clear <laughs> that how isaac and rebecca feel oh, yeah about the canaanites yeah which again like, you know you said he his wives were from the hittites which is just
0: they're canaanites it,
1: yeah they're a, it's like a sub a city. yeah within sure, the canaan. canaan
0: yeah um and so The verse says, and they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebecca. So, of course, that made life bitter. Um, They were probably not of their own faith. They probably, you know, how you need to marry the right person or else it could turn your life completely upside down. Um, I feel like that's kind of what happened. They were Mm -hmm. probably manipulative. They probably gossiped. They probably just were just cruel and crude and gross. Well, and Um, I think it's
1: interesting to point out the fact that he, I think it's interesting to point out the fact that he immediately... Took multiple wives. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But at this point, polygamy is, there's no explicit instructions about polygamy. And Abraham himself had multiple wives. So in any case, it's not right. We know that. Um, But he marries in his 40s. So when Isaac was 36, 37 is when his mom died, right? And he took Rebecca mm -hmm. as his wife in his 40s. Yeah. And His father acquired Rebecca for him, right? So Isaac hasn't sent a servant to acquire any wives for his sons. And they're of that age that he took Rebecca for his wife. So it kind of is like, what you doing there, Isaac? Like, why aren't you looking out for your kids? You know, because they shouldn't be expected to go and find a wife for themselves. It's usually the parents that find the wives for the children.
1: Yeah. Or... Was Esau just taking matters into his own hands?
0: I think Esau was a little anxious, ready. He's 40, 40 year old virgin. So, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I guess. So I feel like that was the, the push. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm sure. And you know we don't know if there were conversations where I was just like, yeah, yeah, I know. He
0: was just fishing in the pond that he was in yeah because I feel like he probably had no other choice.
1: Yeah, but at the same time
0: he probably like knew he, knew it was
1: wrong. Yeah. he knew better he knew better but he did it anyway. yeah again, speaking to his character
0: I mean it is because you know he was like, well,
1: I mean I, I can see like you said, I can see being in that situation why he would have chose what he chose yeah you know he
0: didn't have to choose two of them but that's no. what he did it sure is um but yeah
1: so that brings us to the end of 26
0: right <laughs> i love to end an episode like that <laughs> dun, dun, dun. right and he was married and he was married
1: <laughs> notice how they say nothing about jacob being married
0: nope jacob at this it point. doesn't really talk about him in Not this yet. entire chapter
1: we there's a lot about jacob later on oh yeah so they're giving esau
0: mm-hmm. his moment why yeah
1: Mm-hmm. it's she chapters mm-hmm.
0: um what was our favorite verse
1: so i don't think we really discussed it but i guess i had this verse highlighted and you can tell me whether you concur or not i have 26 24 highlighted for, the, for my favorite verse, it says, And the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father. Fear not, for I am with you and will bless you and multiply your offspring for my servant Abraham's sake.
0: Yes. it's good. Why do you like that verse?
1: I like that verse. I feel like I'm writing an essay. I like this verse for <laughs> several reasons. First. No. um, I like this verse, number one, because I like that he's promising him you know he's saying i'm going to be there you know don't be afraid i'm going to take care of you but i also like that it's still using some of the same verbiage Mm -hmm. that he used with abraham yeah you know Mm
0: -hmm. i like the fear not yeah i'm gonna get a tattoo of that one day
1: Fear not seriously
0: so um on the next episode we will be discussing chapters 27 and through 29. Um, And that will be up next Monday at 7pm. So thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. We hope you enjoy the time you spent in God's word and we hope to see you next time. Thanks for listening.